Hey, what's up, guys? This is Box Office Brunch. We're your hosts. I'm David. And I'm Rita. And today we're talking about Rita's favorite movie, Empire Records. Woo! And honestly, I don't care if you think it's not a rom-com. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, that was going to be my <laughs> next thing, too. Maybe it's not a rom-com, but keep it to yourself. Yeah. We're, we wanted to talk about this movie. This was one of the movies that was on the list for the wheel that got cut when we had like four <laughs> movies left. And we were going to try to fit it in, but it didn't obviously didn't fit in the Robin Williams season. Right. <laughs> and then we didn't want to do a 90s season right after the Robin Williams season because it's kind of too similar. So we put it in here. And the actual when you Google it, it says romance slash drama, which, OK, that's not exactly a rom-com, but there are funny things in it. Right. So it is definitely romance, a comedy. Funny. I would say that it falls more in line with the like slice of life coming of age teen comedy genre, mm -hmm. like more like uh, The Breakfast Club, I would say, yeah. than your traditional rom-com. But fuck it, it's our podcast. We can do what <laughs> we want. Keep it to yourself. Right. I don't want your opinions on whether this is a rom-com <laughs> or not. Yeah. Send us... Any other thoughts you have on the movie? Yeah, if you like the movie or don't. Yeah. Well, actually, don't send me. <laughs> if you don't kidding. like it, we can't handle it. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. no, send us your Jokes. thoughts if you want to. But your thoughts on whether it's a rom-com or not, we don't care. Yeah. So. <laughs> and for brunch, David made us these really delicious breakfast sliders. I don't know how you made them, but they were very good. Yeah. They, you know, Pinterest. Oh, <laughs> we didn't get mimosas. Oops. Oh, we have stuff if you want one. Uh, I don't know that my orange juice is good anymore. <laughs> like it's been As 84 usual. years. <laughs> I, I always get the like gallon orange juice and then we forget for like two weeks to make them. And I'm like, I don't is trust it Is that the only anymore. reason that you get it? You don't just drink yeah. orange juice on nope, your own? I, I see. Not. Can you even drink orange juice right now? Mm, it's probably not a good idea. Yeah, I was going to say. It's not my favorite juice anyway. I've never I don't really like been like a juice. Big, I've never really been. What did you just? I said I don't like juice. Mm, not a juice like person. You said you didn't like something else. Oh gosh, <laughs> gross! <laughs> All right, so we do have a trigger warning for this one. There is some mention, not in our fun facts or anything, but this movie does touch on the, the topic of suicide. So trigger warning for that. If that is going to be triggering for you, just a heads up that that might come up. Also, sexual content. Yes. Underage sexual. Underage sexual content. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. Well, get your shit. Let's go. is going to do the honors today because it's her favorite movie. So tell us about Empire Records. Okay, it was directed by Alan Moyle. Moyley? I think Moyle. And it was released September 22nd, 1995. 
It had a budget of ten million. A fucking flopped. Flop. All right. Let me explain though. <laughs> well, it only made one hundred fifty thousand eight hundred in its opening weekend, and by the end of its run in North America, it earned a total box office of three hundred three thousand eight hundred forty one dollars. But it's a cult classic. Yes. Actually. Yes. Did you see that fun fact about Alan Moyle being approached with another movie? No. I think. So he was approached to direct another like teen coming of age movie, but because he already had been like locked in with this one, he was like, nah, I'll pass. <laughs> and the other one was like a big one. I'll what was to, it? I'll have to find it. Keep going with okay. the fun facts. I'll tell or keep going with the facts and I'll tell you in just a second. Okay, so it includes quite the cast. Anthony LaPaglia as Joe Reeves. Uh, He also played the foster dad for all those orphaned girls in Annabelle Creation. The one who gets his, like, who gets killed. But spoiler. Yeah. Rory Cochran as Lucas. Ethan Embry as Mark. Ethan Embry has also shown up in a lot of the teen films like can't hardly wait i think was the other one he was in yeah he was in that with Liv tyler no no with jennifer love hewitt or yeah he was hewitt in, love whatever he was in that thing you do oh yeah with Liv tyler mm-hmm. johnny whitworth as aj robin tooney as deborah renee zellweger as gina Liv tyler as Corey mason coyote shivers as burko Brendan Sexton as Warren, Maxwell Caulfield as Rex Manning, Debbie Mazur as Jane, James Kimo Will- Wills as Eddie, and Ben Bodie as Mitchell. And it's just very good, very small cast, but very good cast. Like very these, pretty much all these people went on to be like big stars after this, mm-hmm. or have like varying degrees of success. Yes, you're gonna tell me the Rotten Tomato score, right? God damn. <laughs> what just happened? It just hit the desk again. Oh. Uh, yes. So critics, 31% of critics gave this a positive review. So it is on the website certified rotten, but it has an 83% audience score. So I think that's indicative of it being a cult classic. I think it was not appreciated at the time. And then people have come to realize its charms and recognize Mm -hmm. that and appreciate it yep so it actually was not uh is it danny alan moyle that was approached so two days after regency enterprise executive michael nathanson gave approval to proceed with the making of empire records he was approached with the script for clueless and since he already had a quote teen movie in hand he turned down what was eventually a Fifty-seven million dollar box office hit, and proceeded with the production of what was eventually a zero point three million dollar <laughs> box office bomb. Yikes! So well, which I I think we've already talked about. We want to do Clueless at some point. Oh, I for like our nineties. Yes, but I love this movie more than Clueless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's because competition. that's because they're very people they're had, very different movies. That's because people have no depth. <laughs> okay, Clueless wasn't as deep as this. I think Clueless was pretty deep at times. As if 
<laughs> I I like Clueless. I think I it's do good. too. I'm just saying I like this I better. Would almost nah. I was gonna Were say, gonna I say would, it's your favorite. No, I was gonna say I would almost say that Clueless is more of a rom com than this. Just enough, <laughs> enough. Okay, put it in an email, David. Okay, I'll email myself. <laughs> yes, you should. So okay. I I've been nervous because I don't know. I I'm nervous because I'm nervous that you didn't like it. So I'm curious to hear what your thoughts were, what you liked. Well, before we get into that, do you want to watch the trailer? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Just let me introduce you to everybody. Uh, this is uh, Gina, Troy, Lucas, AJ. The staff of Empire Records had the coolest jobs on earth. Do you think the story is already written, or do you think a bold and courageous act can change the course of history? Something happened to me last night in Atlantic City. Did you win anything? No, I did not. But Lucas blew it. Everyone knew it. You want to buy Empire? Well, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> the money is gone. Where's it going to? I think it's recirculating. We're turning this into a music town? I have to pay for what Mr. Brilliant here did. I'm the idiot. You're the screw-up, and we are all losers. Now, five friends have one day to decide what to do with the rest of their lives. AJ loves Corey, not the whole story. Today is the day that I'm going to tell Corey how I feel about her. That I, uh... Love her. Yeah. Do you think that it's possible for someone to be in love with someone else and not even know it? In this life, there are nothing but possibilities. That is so sweet. I think I'm going to barf. Corey wants Rex first time at sex. Hey, Rex, what happened to your hair? I will offer myself to Rex Manning. <laughs> I wish I could be brave, more brave. I have to bring Rex's lunch. I'm bringing Rex's lunch! Mark's raging mad. Best day he's had. Just like this guy! Help me, help me, help me. If I was in a band, they would not be doing this to me. Deb shaved her head and made out she was dead. I tried to kill myself with a lady bit. Just your typical nutty teenager. You did have hair, right? I was tired of being invisible. Gina did it again, this time to a friend. You get smarter the shorter your skirt gets. I want to sing in a band, but I don't have the guts. So is this how your life's going to be now? You're just going to screw every husband? I'm starting! Check out the store. Empire Records open till midnight. This is Mark. Midnight. Empire Records. Featuring the music of Better Than Ezra, Gin Blossoms, Ape Hangers, Evan Dando, Told the Wet Sprocket, and the Cranberries. What is wrong with you people? Rock and roll. I gotta say, <laughs> I think the like rhyming introduction to every character is kind of cringy. I didn't. I've never seen the trailer in my life. Really? No. Well, I don't want to get into that part yet. We'll talk about that when we do the scores. What? Nothing. We'll talk about it when we get to the scores. Okay. Well. Well, since this is your favorite movie, right? Mm hmm. What about it makes it your favorite movie? I don't know. I mean, I think it's just nostalgic probably from watching it when i was younger and yeah but i also just love every character in it i think yeah. they're all kind of quirky like i love how Corey is really put together until she's not like she just loses her shit um 
like when she tells Joe she's bringing Rex his lunch. Yeah. And she's all nice the first time, two times. Joe, you're the greatest boss ever. Yeah. (laughs) And then he's like, Burko is. And he keeps saying, Burko is. And she's like, I'm bringing Rex his lunch. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, I don't know. I think she's so funny in it. (laughs) Yeah. She just has those like, like even the part where she just loses her shit after her and Gina get in a fight and they're having to like calm her down and stuff. I just think she, she did such a good job at playing this like teenager that's just losing their ever losing mind, the ever loving mind. I don't know if this is offensive or not, but she kind of reminds me of you. Why? <laughs> I don't act like that. Because I feel like you are also, despite what some people despite what you say about yourself i think you are a very high achieving person and to the outside world are you okay over there <laughs> i don't know I'm, just, I got, I'm trying to pay attention <laughs> i think you're a very high achieving person and to the outside world it can be very easy to look at you and be like oh well she has all her shit together and like she's so perfect but like there's more to but it. inside i'm taking speed it, on the inside you're just like <laughs> falling apart i'm a closet speed freak no <laughs> no i just think like i like those characters where their whole persona I, I like them in all all movies really where there's like this perfect person at least what the outside world thinks is like a perfect person but on the inside they're just struggling because yeah. i think it gives a character depth okay I'm like, I haven't lost it like that before. No, 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 no. I just think like it's very easy to look at you and be like, oh, yeah, Rita. She's so perfect. Yeah. It's really fucking annoying. It is. And I'm like, you don't know. But also that's you not. You don't know shit. But what I what I like most about those characters in stories is like that person, that perfect person, that's not a character. That's a caricature. Yeah. And. So when you finally get to see that they have flaws and feelings and stress and all of that stuff, it makes them a character. Yeah. So, I mean, she's my favorite character in the movie. She's mine too. She and I AJ. Mean, yes, AJ yeah. too. Yeah. But I also do have, a, I do think Lucas plays the right amount of <laughs> comedic yeah. relief. Yeah. Just he's that kind of person that you just want to <laughs> punch in the face because <laughs> yeah. like everything you say to him, like "Oh, Lucas, I heard you committed the perfect crime." It's like, well, not entirely perfect. It's like, shut yeah, the or fuck the part up. where like AJ's like, "What's with you today?" and he's like, "What's with today?" Today, <laughs> yeah. like, shut up. You have an answer for everything. Yeah, that's like cryptic and not yeah. straightforward. He's the perfect like wears a black turtleneck character. Yes, and. <laughs> The part where um, Deborah comes out of the bathroom and mm. AJ's confronting her about her wrist, and she she's like, "I'm going now." And then Lucas comes up and just like rubs her <laughs> head. And it's yeah. like, leave her alone, AJ. Yeah, just. And then once Warren shoplifts, and then his dynamic with Warren, where he's yeah. like, "Why don't you like shove it up your butt?" And he's like, "Because it would hurt a lot, Warren." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I definitely think Gina is probably like my least favorite, but. Yeah. I mean, I think she's, she's good. Like she serves her purpose. I do think her one-liners are funny. Yeah. Like Sinead O'Connor. 
shock me, shock me, shock me with that deviant behavior. She's like, here's, you get smarter the shorter your skirt gets and you get smarter the shorter your hair gets. So it's a good thing you went with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like hard to believe that these people are supposed to be teenagers though. They're all supposed to be teenagers or at least like 20 maybe. It does does sort of fall into that like the coolest people you would know who know the words to all of the coolest songs kind of. Hipsters. Like yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's also what that's part of the charm of this movie is because one of the things that I put under my dislikes was it ha- it lacks like a really cohesive narrative kind of like it's just a day in the life kind of thing. But that's sort of a sl- what you get with the slice of life yeah. stories is there's not really like some big plot where you get from point A to point B. It's more about the characters and their growth. And I think what this movie really has going for it is the characters and just this idea that they're all so different, but they come together to be this almost like family. Yeah. And they just seem to be working like the best job ever and having the greatest time until they're not. (laughs) I know. And then it's like record stores like that don't exist anymore, really. Yeah. And that was when I was editing the 27 dresses, I realized what I was trying to say at the end of the episode about why the movie feels like less than the sum of its parts is it just didn't seem to have any passion. Yeah. Like it, it didn't feel like this was anybody's passion project, really. Like nobody really cared about the movie and cared that like this movie got out there and that this story was told. Whereas like, this feels like the opposite. Yeah. And that was sort of kind of what I was talking about where I was like, oh, we're not going to talk about it till we get to our scores. But okay, I'm, I lied. We're getting to it now. <laughs> this movie feels like more than the sum of its parts. Mm-hmm. I feel like individually, nothing is really spectacular. But when you put it all together, it just really feels like there's a lot of heart in this movie. Yeah. And it feels like the people really wanted to be there and they were having a good time making it. And, and that's what I picked up on watching it. Yeah. It is a great film. I celebrate Rex Manning Day every year. I <laughs> Do you know why? Yes. Okay. Why it's I that can, day? It, yes, it's okay. because it's the day Kurt Cobain died. Well, it's the day he was found, yeah. Yeah, the day he was found. This movie came out a year after that. Um, two, or like two, two years. years. Two years. And um, I think... April 8th is Rex Manning Day. And April 8th is when Kurt Cobain was found. And it was chosen to honor his death because he was an icon of the early 90s. And with his death, misfits and music lovers worldwide lost their mascot. Yeah. And, but like, I don't know how he would honestly feel if it was like, if he saw Rex Manning. (laughs) Yeah, no. I just love that the as teenagers or whatever, where they're just like, what happened to your hair? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, the hairdresser, if you can call him one, got a little too carried away. Yeah. So I do. I, my cousin Claire loves this movie too. And she understands the reference. So I always text her on April 8th and I'm like, happy Rex Manning day (laughs) because it is kind of like a, it's not th- anything that happens anymore. Artists don't really go to like a record store to right. sign 
autographs or anything like that. That's definitely a thing of the 90s. Yeah. But yeah, so many good one-liners. I do like the song at the end, Sugar High. Mm-hmm. Oh, this movie's soundtrack's great. The soundtrack's amazing. The soundtrack is really, really good. And there is a version. It's not on Spotify, but there used to be a version on LimeWire <laughs> with Gina singing with him. Oh, yeah. The original one written by Coyote Shivers, not for the movie, is not as kosher. It's pretty explicit, actually. Mm. Like he's he's basically talking about eating a girl out or something. Okay. Whereas this one's more like, I just got to be high on life or whatever. Yeah. I, so I saw a fun fact. It said that I think it was Roger Ebert said that this was a soundtrack in search of a movie. Yeah. I mean, this definitely gives me, so do you know the whole like high fidelity thing with this? So let me find it because I can't remember. One of my friends was like, I love high fidelity. And convinced that Empire Records ripped off High Fidelity, but High Fidelity actually ripped off Empire Records. Mm. I'm pretty I've sure. Been, I was talking to Hale about it yesterday, and he said he had seen High Fidelity, not this. But I've never seen High Fidelity. I mean, it very much has similar vibes. Let's see. So it says, the idea of the record shop as a refuge, a place slightly out of kilter with the rest of the world, where diehard music fans and other sorts of misfits can find each other and themselves is a theme that connects high fidelity with the tonally dissimilar Empire Records, 1995's teen movie flop turned cult favorite. So I'm pretty sure Empire Records came out in 95 and then High Fidelity came out in 2000. Oh. Did we ever read a synopsis for this one? No. Oh. Do you want me to do that real quick? Yeah. So the synopsis for this is 24 hours in the lives of the young employees at Empire Records when they all grow up and become young adults thanks to each other and the manager. They all face the store joining a chain store with strict rules. Music Town. Music Town. Down with me. It was actually based off Damn of... Damn the man. So it was actually based off of the time that... Because it was written by... Her name was Carol... Heikinen. Heikinen, and it was based off the time she worked at this place called Tower Records, and they went into bankruptcy, so all the stores closed by 2006. Mm-hmm. So she, you know, came up with this storyline based off of that. Because the whole premise, if you've never seen it, is pretty much Lucas is closing the store, and I just love it when he's like, he only gave me three rules, count money twice, don't touch his cigars, drumsticks, or booze, right? I think so, yeah. And he, in the next, he goes, this requires, I don't even know what he says, but he's like, this requires the focus of a saint or, or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. And then in the next clip, he's literally banging on the cash with the drumsticks with a cigar in his mouth and a beer next to him, <laughs> yeah. doing everything he's not supposed to be doing. But pretty much the premise is, he finds the music town contract and realizes that empire records is being sold to become a music town. So he takes all that money that he's supposed to take to the bank and decides to gamble it in Atlantic city and he loses it all. He doubles it first. Yes. What does he say? He's being driven by a force more powerful than luck or something like that. (laughs) So that's basically the main conflict, but then there are all these side conflicts like, Corey or AJ wanting to tell Corey he loves her before she leaves for Harvard. Gina just being 
like Gina, Gina, <laughs> Debbie trying to kill herself because something happened with her and Burko, mm-hmm. like a fight or something. Well, she kind of explains it. She says that she was thinking about like the other night and then she was thinking about the other week and then she was thinking about all the weeks before that and all the months before that and all the years before that. And it was, he was just another reason that she didn't want to be alive anymore. Mm -hmm. And so her, the story of, it sounds awful. Oh, the (laughs) dull razor. Yeah. Yeah. It's dark for sure. Yeah. Well, and then you have kind of just the side characters. Like I feel like Mark, he wants to start his own band, which is cool. But then the other guys like Eddie doesn't really have much of a story. Burko yeah. doesn't really have much of a story. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like a really feel good film. Love oh, it. and all of this is surrounded by Rex Manning Day, which is their record store is hosting a an 80s pop star who his star is is fading, but he's coming to their little record store to sign autographs and stuff. And he's very like full of himself and struggling with the fact that he's not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. Like when the girl goes and he's like all excited and she goes, it's for my mom. And he's like, does your mom have all her teeth? <laughs> He's like, never I like, mind. I like the part though with the lady where she's like, You were my favorite singer in high school. And he's like, Who's your favorite singer now? And she's like, Uh, you still stay. you, still you. <laughs> and then when that old lady comes up and just starts singing <laughs> Say No More Mona more to him in opera. Or yeah, and he's oh, like, God, And she keeps getting on. And then Mark just starts clapping. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like, I love how they all get to play their like music throughout the day and then she's like gina goes and turns it up she goes you know it gets the customers all riled up not early in the morning he's like that's the point (laughs) (laughs) he likes trying to start a mosh pit in the store yeah the only parts i really truly don't enjoy as much are the scenes with mark Mm. like you know where he's he eats that brownie Mm -hmm. and then he starts to hallucinate that that he's on the TV. Yeah. yeah. Like those scenes, I'm just kind of like, I don't really care for. I'm not as invested in Mark's life as yeah. I am in the rest of them. We also don't get very much about Mark's life. We know he's that that he's like a music lover and. And a stoner and yeah. kind of just stupid. And he and Eddie are clearly bonded over the fact that they're both potheads. They're kind of like Beavis and Butthead. They really are. <laughs> I did not like Eddie's character. He made me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of my top characters besides the main cast would be Warren. Like if I'm going to do a side character, it would be like out of the side characters. Cause like Burko, Eddie, Warren, oh, yeah. Mitch, Mitchell or whatever. Jane. Warren like, kind of seems Warren. like he's stoned too though. <laughs> he kind of acts like it. I just love when he comes back with the gun and he's like, have a conversation with my gun. And she's like, what do you want, Warren? And he's like, my name isn't fucking Warren. And then they're like all hiding behind the wall and they're like, his name isn't fucking Warren. His name isn't fucking Warren. And there's name isn't Warren. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't know his name wasn't Warren. They asked him what his name was. He said Warren Beatty. Yeah. Like literally. Right. It's just funny. He's like, that's all you want is a job. You're just having. He's, like, he's not going to give me a job. So, so what about the job? <laughs> <laughs> but 
But honestly, it's not like he gave Lucas a job after Lucas gambled away all the money. Yeah. Lucas already had a job. Yeah, that's true. And I think Joe kind of feels bad for all of them because they are kind of like oh, yeah, misfits. Joe, like he's definitely a dad figure. Yeah, absolutely. He is definitely like one to take in the misfits. And I think yeah. that that shows in the, this misfit cast that that works there. They're all so different. And that's what I love about it. Like even when Gina and Corey are getting in their big fight, he kind of doesn't really get involved until he's kind of trying to calm Gina down like. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in that fight, Gina was the one who was uncalled for. Like, I feel like she was out of line. I mean, they both were saying stuff they shouldn't have said. Yeah, but Gina obviously instigated that whole thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, and she did it like to get back at Corey. Corey. Yeah. So like she took the initial step that started it and it was uncalled for for sure. And then she outed Corey, too, which is very shitty yeah and then she's like it's always about her the way they made up wasn't like my favorite either no they were just kind of like we're still i think you're brave and i think you're brave too and i'm gonna be like no gina go to hell (laughs) like yeah you freaking skank but you know what renee zellweger looks beautiful in that role yeah she's just so young though because every time i watch bridget jones diary i think she looks young but then I watch this and I'm like, no, she gets younger. <laughs> yeah. The scene where she like puts on the the uh, apron, the apron. And that's like it's like that and uh, underwear. And like w- they're trying to take pictures. But Lucas and Warren are both like drooling. <laughs> yeah. And they're like Lucas is covering Warren's eyes and he's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, no. And then Rex Manning shows up and she's like, hi, I'm Gina. Can I service you? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Music Town. Can I service you? And he's like, Gina, get dressed. <laughs> Joe puts up with a lot of shit. I also really love the comedic timing of the music sometimes, like where they're like, this one goes out to Lucas. And it's like, the best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. Yeah. And then they're just like calling him out. Yep. Lots of money. Joe's money. <laughs> I I liked when Gina went on the the mic to broadcast when Lucas was chasing Warren. <laughs> yeah. Did you read that fun fact about what happened? I didn't. Let me find it. Well, I don't know which one you're referring to, so I might have read it, but I... I... It was about the... Um... Oh, hold on. I was surprised this movie didn't have a ton of fun facts either. I really expected there to be more. Yeah, I mean, the Rex Manning one is a super fun fact, but... When filming the scene in which Warren runs away from the store, his stunt double ran into the car door so hard that he cracked a rib. Ooh. Yeah. No, I did not read that one. Wow. Yep. So I thought that was interesting. I really enjoyed that scene where it's like, you could tell Lucas has done this before. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the way Mark screams shoplifter too. Yeah. I didn't even understand what he said until we watched the preview. Yeah. And he's like, shoplifter. Like the way his voice cracks and stuff. He did so good there. Yeah. I just, I liked when Lucas, like, he and um, Mark are talking and he's, like, changing his shoes. (laughs) And then he's like, I'll be right back. And he goes over to him. He's like, that's a nice jacket you've got there. Lots of pocket space. (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about? You like music? (laughs) And then when they take the pictures of him with it and they play Uh, that song like a little bastard. But then I love when he's going through the musical choices with Warren. And he's like, Warren, look at what you stole. Rap. 
what does he say? Like rap alternative or something. And then he's like, Whitney Houston. He's like, it's for my girlfriend. Sure it is. (laughs) (laughs) Man, those days. I mean, I feel like that was the end of where choplifters got chased. I think after that, they just would tell people don't chase a shoplifter. Oh, maybe I've never shoplifted, so I wouldn't know. Did you see that Missed Connections post that the one of the police departments here did? Nope. It was like Missed Connections, kind of like a dating ad a little bit, and it showed three women who had basically gone into like a Sephora and an Ulta and stolen thousands of dollars in makeup and like walked right out, and it was like... Wow. It was it was so funny. Maybe I'll read it at the end as my obsession. Okay. Even though it's not. Okay. Do you want to get into some fun facts then since we're kind of already there? Yes. So New Regency got into a bidding war with War- Warner Brothers over the script for this movie. Carol Heikinen was offered $325,000 up front and $200 if the film was made. Heikinen also received 1% of any soundtrack royalties and 5% of merchandise sales. She almost made, she made upfront or she was offered upfront more than this movie made. Yeah. <laughs> Cause That's it's a good crazy. story. But I think that another one of the fun facts kind of shows. Now I, we don't know what the final product would have looked like had this not happened, but it's possible that the studio interference affected the box office. So the film was severely edited down in post-production, removing three significant characters and up to 40 minutes of the film. The story was also condensed from occurring over two days to a single day. So one of them was Warren's sister. He apparently had a sister. Yeah. And there were scenes filmed with her. There were scenes in the, preview that weren't in the movie like we saw Corey and aj on a dock at one point that yeah but they re-released the dvd in 2003 Mm -hmm. and it was like a special fan edition which i have and it included the music video for say no more mona more the whole one but then like deleted scenes so i can't remember I don't know what you watched because I technically watched the special fan edition. And in the special fan edition, there are like two scenes, like when Corey offers herself to him, like there's the one where he says rock and roll. Mm -hmm. That's the one I watched. So in the special fan edition, they put in like, he literally shakes up the blue cheese bottle and goes, I hope you like blue cheese. Ew. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't like Rex Manning. He's my least favorite character. He's the worst. (laughs) I'll take Gina over him. I love when Corey like beat or Corey when AJ beats him up and then Joe defends Corey and goes, get, take your purse and get out of my, get the hell out of my store. And he's like, where's Jane? He's like, she quit pal. And he's like, your new hair looks stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And all your albums or your new album sucks as do all the other ones. And they're just like shitting on him. A lot of the fun facts that I saw were about how lines in the movie were movie quotes. So that one that he says where he's like, why don't you all just fade away was a a line from the doors. Yep. There's a there's a lot of those. Do you want to read the fun fact about the Rex Manning one? Since that was the one you said was the funnest. What? The Rex Manning fun fact. I already told the Kurt Cobain thing. No, about the music video. I thought that was the one you were talking about. 
Oh, there. Yeah. So there was a, the special cut, I guess. The music video was originally supposed to be like a 17 second dance clip that mm-hmm. was supposed to just be stupid, like the actors and actresses goofing off. But the music video director shot for the entire day and gave the producers a four minute, 30 second music video. We can actually watch the music video after this if you're interested. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> happy Rex Manning Day, though, when I say it, it makes me think of Happy Leaf Erickson Day, Inga Dinga Durgan from SpongeBob. Mm. <laughs> okay <laughs> and when i was in iceland i actually saw a statue of the real leaf erickson and i was like oh leaf erickson's a real person it was just something <laughs> made up for spongebob <laughs> anyways continue mm. you said it was coyote shivers right not shivers yeah isn't it coyote shivers i don't know i think it's shivers okay well he was actually married at the time to B.B. Buell, I guess. Is Liv how Tyler's mom? Is Liv Tyler's mom. So technically at the time he was Liv Tyler's stepfather. Weird. And then I was like, I didn't know that's who Liv Tyler's mom was. So I looked up, looked into her and apparently she slept with a lot of rock stars. Rock stars. She was like a groupie. Yeah. Yeah. In the 80s. And this is the First time I ever heard video killed the radio star. Really? Oh, when I saw this when movie. you saw it for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Just little, now? Yeah. <laughs> Which is so, I don't know, because now I just feel like there is a song by, I don't remember. That's okay. But it's called Internet Killed the Video Star. Mm-hmm. Who's that by? Uh, I don't know. It's a newer one, though. Yeah, and it's kind of similar. It's not similar. Like, it's more electronic-based, but it's talking about the same thing, basically, like the internet killed video. Yeah. And then I thought this one was funny because it was just so random. But as of December 31st, 1996, this movie was included among IMDb's top 250 movies. Yeah. Yeah. So see, I don't know how long it stayed it. there though. <laughs> that was well. Hey, did you say when when Rex Manning says, "Why don't you all just fade away?" Did you say that that was the Doors, or did you say that was the Who? Because that's oh, the I Who. It was the Doors. No, the Doors is when oh. Lucas in the beginning says the time. The time to think is through. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Or the time for thinking, the time to hesitate is through. That's yeah. what it is. It's. But he says in the immortal words of the doors. Right. And that's right before he goes to Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got confused. Sorry. But did you know that Video Killed the Radio Star was the first video ever played on MTV when it debuted on August 1st, 1981? I did not. Mm-hmm. That's why I think this is also not just a film about misfits and their lives, but it's about music. Yeah. Because what did Eddie say when he brought that cassette to mark he said like this music is the glue that holds what does he say it's like the glue that holds reality together or something like that something along those lines i don't really have any more fun facts that's kind of all i got (laughs) okay well i have one aj checks his pocket watch to see how much time he has left to tell Corey he loves her at 137 p.m the current time is shown as 130 Corey unwittingly joins him on the roof exactly seven minutes of runtime later at 137 exactly. 
So mm. six minutes in the runtime, but also seven minutes in movie time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was the, maybe I missed it. Well, I definitely missed it because I don't know, but maybe they didn't tell us. Why was that time? Why was he so specific about that time? He was just talking with Joe about it, I think. Mm-hmm. Like he was just, Joe wasn't really, I mean, Joe wasn't really present with it, but. Right, because he, he was looking for the money. But he, I think, just basically decided on the time and Joe was like, sure. He was like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a very good film. That's all I have to say on that topic. I liked it. I liked it. My scores might not necessarily reflect how much I enjoyed it. Because like I was saying, I do think that it is more than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. So should we score it? Sure. Funny. I gave it like a seven. I gave it a four. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't think it was all that funny. I thought that like the characters were very charming and I enjoyed it. I did not think I it think was I think it's like cringy funny. funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Yeah. And like, I'm not a big cringe fan. Hale will tell you. He, yeah. he sends me like TikTok cringe that he finds on Reddit and I'm like, I'm not clicking on this. <laughs> I know what it I know what this is. I think like when Corey has a breakdown, I always get secondhand embarrassment from it. Like like when she and Gina are fighting, mm-hmm. and she or just, when she breaks down after. No, when she's like, "I hate you," she's that. Yeah, not during the Gina thing, but at the end where she's like, takes down the cardboard thing of Rex, and she's screaming. Yeah, I don't know. It just always gives me secondhand embarrassment, and I know she's just having a mental breakdown. But then I'm like, AJ's still in love with you after that. Like shit. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. But I, I think that's a very humanizing moment for her, though. No, I get it. But I yeah. think that it's just it gives me. Inv- yeah, I do love. I do love the scene afterwards where Deborah's comforting yeah. her. Yeah. She's like, what were you going to like say to Rex Manning? <laughs> like, you know, oh, yeah. Rexy, you're so sexy. Like, I didn't like the part where she's like, why are you being so nice to me? And Deb just like gets up and leaves. And she's like, let's not ruin our Hallmark moment. And she like leaves. Yeah. Well. I was like, damn that's kind of shitty but it might just be because deborah has always been the fucked up one maybe in that Mm. group and well i think there's Corey's been the perfect one and so i think there's like that same moment in the breakfast club where uh, i can't remember her name right now but she thinks she's the fucked up one and everybody else has (laughs) it together and then like over the course of the movie you realize that everybody's got their shit yeah and so i think deb was kind of like Oh, fuck. Oh, like, shit. I... She's crazy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Acting. I gave it an eight. I gave it an eight. I do think that was like probably the strongest part mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. Were the performances. Story. Story. I gave it a six. Oh, I gave it a nine. Just because like it was a little incoherent in like it didn't have like a point A and point B that it was trying to get to with like a plot. I think that this is kind of one of those movies where like it's a day in the life and how one day and the right people can change your life forever kind mm-hmm. of thing, yeah. which I do enjoy those movies. I just didn't think it had like a, the strongest like narrative. Yeah. So, And then visuals. I mean, like a six. I gave it a six. Yeah. 
So, I mean, our scores weren't too far off. No. What did that make your final score? My total score was a six in the end. Mine was a 7.5. So, I enjoyed it. I think it's very likable. I think it's kind of hard not to like this movie because it is very charming. Mm-hmm. I know I use that word a lot. I realized. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. As long as you weren't. I was nervous you were going to shit all over this movie. No, I think you have that, high standards. I think I did. Like, I didn't really connect with it too much. Like, like it didn't speak to me personally very much, but mm-hmm. neither did like The Breakfast Club or something like that. So yeah. I think it kind of falls into that same category for me where it's very enjoyable. I don't know that it, when I'm sitting around going like, what am I going to watch? <laughs> this will kind of come to mind. I don't think it stood out enough to me for that, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I think this is definitely a comfort film for me. Yeah. I'll watch it when I'm mad, when I'm sick, when I'm sad. It's like singing in the rain. Yeah, but singing in the rain is mostly, I mostly watch when I'm sick because mm. it's something that isn't going to have any jump scares in it or anything <laughs> intense. And if I fall asleep and wake up, it's like cheer. Yeah. But yeah. There's not really like something big you're going to miss. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's all, folks. Uh, Well, we what was I going to say about obsessions? What was I going to talk about? I have no idea. <laughs> I already forgot. I said I'll save that for the obsessions and then went right over my head. I have no effing clue. I don't really have a weekly obsession. I started listening to that sad emo playlist and have found some <laughs> songs and stuff that I like on there. Love how you sent me that song and you were like, What did you think of that song? And I said I said it sounds like a day to remember light. And you're like, it No, was- you didn't. I swear to God, I re- I looked up and I did not pick up You're on blind. that. I'm blind. Yeah, My I weekly obsession obsession is vision because <laughs> I'm blind. I mean, my weekly obsession is pretty much Taylor Swift right now. Weekly, <laughs> daily, lifely. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, she just announced that 1989 is the new Taylor's version that's coming out. Mm, okay. And so I had, you know, I have a little bit of savings set aside for like just fun stuff for us if like we, and so I bought the vinyl. <laughs> I pre-ordered it and Zach goes, where the hell are you going to play a vinyl? I was like, I don't need a vinyl player, like a record player <laughs> to have a vinyl. <laughs> I'm just going to touch it and no. <laughs> yeah. So then. No, you can put it on your wall. Well, then the next day it was funny because then I was like, okay, well, I know what i want for christmas <laughs> a record like, player either an, i was like well either an espresso or a record player <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like weird because when you look up the record players on amazon they're all like bluetooth connectivity and i'm like yeah. what's the point what is the point yeah it's just bizarre but you yeah. have a fleetwood mac vinyl right there yeah my dad bought it for me it's very sweet did, did you I guys t- go to twist and shout then what did you go to a record store while they were out here no, my he bought it on Amazon and had it mailed to me. Oh. So two weeks ago when we went when me and Hannah went thrift shopping, I messaged my dad because like a long time ago I had told him I was like, I want your rumors record when like when you die. And he was like, You don't have to wait till I die. And I was like, Oh, well, I don't have anywhere to put it right now, but I do want it at some point. And he was like, oh, okay. And so I remembered when we were thrift shopping and I texted him and I was like, Hey, 
do you still have your rumors album? And he was like, I don't have any of my records. I sold them to a coworker's husband <gasps> who collects them. I know. Oh no. <laughs> so I was like, well, I don't want to buy just like any a, a yeah. record and put it on. Like I kind of wanted that one because it would have sentimental value. It was my dad's. It was like one that he played and listened to mm-hmm. and had had for years and years. And I was like, that's why I want it. Cause it would have sentimental value. And that was a, re- like that was a record that he shared with me and like mm-hmm. we bonded over and just Fleetwood Mac in general. I think that, Rumors is probably one of the greatest albums of all yes. time. Yep. It's fantastic. It's definitely one of my favorite albums of all time. But anyways, he had sold it and I was like, oh, that's okay. But I'm not going to like buy one from Urban Outfitters just to put on my wall because it has no sentimental value. And then the next day, my dad texted me and he was like, you better put that record in a nice frame. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he was like, I bought you one on Amazon and had it mailed to you. And I was like, oh. So I'm like, I'm glad you told me because it was sitting on my front step. Also, but like, I would have been like, no, I want you to open it and listen to it and then send it to me. <laughs> and own it for years and years and then give it to me. No, I mean, but I, I'll put this one up because like my dad bought it for me. Right. It was very nice. And so now it has sentimental value that it wouldn't have had had I just bought it for right. myself. So. so what you're saying is I should buy two of these albums because someday my kid will be like, I want this. I'm going to be like, well... I'm still alive, so I want it. <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I, sometimes it's a sentimental value to things, and not necessarily the thing. Because yeah, my dad used to wear these goose sweaters, like they had geese on them, <laughs> and they were such a dad sweater. And my yeah. mom got rid of them, and no. I was like, "How dare you get rid of them?" And she's like, "They were ugly, and your dad wore them all the time." And I just wanted him to change up his style, and I'm like. But I wanted them because they're nostalgic. Like yeah, they just remind me of when dad, dad, dad wore, wore them, them all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the audacity. Yeah. But anyways, I digress. Empire Records. Woo! All yeah. right. Well, we're. Well, I hope my opinions and thoughts didn't on it me. didn't offend or disappoint. Nope. You actually weren't wrong, like you were about the prestige. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Shots fired. That's going to last forever. Yeah. (laughs) Forever. All right. Anything else to say? No. Okay. Well, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Box Office Brunch so you know when we're posting and email us your thoughts and recommendations at Box Office Brunch Podcast at gmail.com. And we will see you on the next one. Bye. Oh, yeah. By the way, before we forget, we are skipping next week. Reed is going to be out of town, but then we are picking up the week after that. And we are going to have some special guests for our last two episodes. So don't miss them. All right. Bye. Bye. Can I get a mimosa?